Good morning, St. Paul. This is your friendly neighborhood <laughs> foodie, Wesley Wright. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in uh, with us this morning. Uh, you know, it's a cold, well, it's a rainy, it's not really cold, but it's a rainy Saturday. You know, I wish it weren't raining. I'm quite sure that you all wish it weren't raining, too. We're supposed to be facing, I'm uh, looking at spring, man. <laughs> Anyway, thank you all again, as always, for tuning in. Uh, if you're not familiar with the show already, we've been on the air for quite a while. So, as you know, it is a show about food. So, you know, sit back and let's talk a little bit about the different type of food, one places and cuisine that you could actually go and have either this weekend now, there are a number of events that you could actually go to so i hope you get out uh, and have an opportunity to experience as we go into spring going into farmer's market time period uh, all these different places but uh, to start off i wanted to actually talk about you know ramen if you're not familiar, ramen is very popular right now. It, it just seems to be, it's not just your standard soup. <laughs> and we're not talking about ramen from, you know, the packaged ramen that you have your own little sauce or the spice, uh, the ingredients that you uh, do to do the flavoring. The flavoring spices is what they call it. Uh, it is really all about different types of ingredients that are used and the broth that's being um, prepared um, whether it be and I'm just using a number of different options uh, that is chicken broth pork uh, beef so there are so many different types that are up there uh, and Gosh, I know that in the past I've already talked about, you know, places like Zenbox uh, and United Noodle. Everybody's not familiar with United Noodle, yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting that more and more places are catering to that type of cuisine, and specifically, I know that uh, we actually are going to have a new one. Uh, it's a Japanese noodle shop that's going to be on uh, University Avenue in St. Paul. So 712 West uh, University Avenue. And it's going to have a variety of styles. And they mention a long list of ramen styles, including a vegetarian bowl, a stir fry ramen, uh, sukiman, I believe, uh, as well as or it's referred to as dipping ramen. Um, very inexpensive. Uh, I think the price ranges they mentioned are from six ninety five to twelve ninety five a bowl. So keep in mind that ramen is really always served in a bowl. It's not served any other type of way. But uh, yeah, they are having a grand opening, um, and their hours they're open seven days a week, which is awesome. Seven days a week from ten a.m. to ten p.m. That's Monday through Saturday, and then. 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday um, and they've got a lot of they've got appetizers available 
um, beverages. Gosh, uh, man. So they, I'll just name a few things just to whet your appetite a little bit because you never know. You might want to go there today for lunch. Uh, short ribs uh, for five ninety nine. You get four pieces. There's crab jalapeno. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but it sounds delicious. Because crab and jalapeno, the spiciness, and if you love seafood, certainly. Um, I always get in trouble with these, <laughs> with the pronunciations. But char siu bun, uh, it's one piece. It's three dollars. Um, a pork bun. Uh, I believe the pork buns they are. It's almost like not really like a pot sticker, but it's more flour and it's probably rice, actually rice flour. Uh, and then the, the pork or the meat is actually stuck in the middle of the bun and then it's steamed and it's just a delicious piece of goodness. Um, edamame. Edamame is just a snack, you know, that you have uh, but it's so good uh but again a wide variety of of different um appetizers the place is called uh, ichidu ramen i-c-h-i-d-d-o ramen and again remember they're located at 712 west university avenue um and that's in st paul you know so you know, if you have an opportunity to have some really great noodles um, you certainly can, you know, university, come on, you could take the green line if that's the case. <laughs> and it may even drop you off right nearby uh, the, the uh, Ichiban, uh, excuse me, Ichido um, Ramen. Gosh, they have, so never forgetting about the different types of ramens that are out there. There's beef, there's seafood, vegetable ramen, and again, all these different ramens are at reasonable prices um the highest priced ramen which is was uh, which is the dipping dipping ramen um sukiman um i believe is uh, what it's what it's really called and then of course uh you know the translation to that is you know dipping ramen um that's 12.95 everything else is less than that so it's it's a great it's a great cuisine if you've not had any type of ramen before there are a number of places uh, in the east st paul area east side thai has great ramen uh, but again with the convenience of having um you know the different type of ramen places that are available uh why not take advantage and you know visit someplace new um as you know, spring arises, you know, you might even be able to make your own ramen, too. You go over to the right farmer's market. You could certainly uh, you could certainly uh, enjoy, you know, picking up vegetables and, you know, sometimes going to the farmer's market, talking with the actual vendors. Some of them will actually give you recipes. And I, that's what I'm looking forward to so much, um, because not only do I get to find out either new vegetables that I could use or they might suggest something, but they might even ask. There are times where I know they've asked me, 
you know, what exactly, what are you making with that? Or do you know what you are doing with that? <laughs> Either a particular vegetable or something I'm picking up from them. And yes, they are very open in sharing, hey, well, maybe you might try doing this with that vegetable or maybe a particular meat or adding, um, you know, these, maybe like some um, uh, some garlic, uh, garlic chai uh, as a garnish or in with a soup or even a ramen. Um, yeah, it's a good segue to talk about farmer's markets going from ramen into sec. Uh, vegetables and then to, <laughs> to farmers markets. Uh, this will give you opportunity to learn more about the different types of vegetables that perhaps you're not familiar with. Um, I think uh, because of the neighborhoods that we live in and the cultures and ethnicities that um, you know, are in the neighborhood and the communities, certain ones uh, I know personally, not until I came to Minnesota. I had not seen a Thai eggplant. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. So going to the vendor and asking them, what is that? I, I really, it wasn't so much that I was just ill. What is that? But I wanted to educate myself and know, hey, maybe that's a new vegetable that I'd like to use in something. Uh, and of course, I've had eggplant before. I think many of us have. But you know, the vendor was really nice. They even had uh, recipes right there that you could, you know, take along with you. Um, and she, I mean, this was, you know, some time ago. So it just, it stuck with me that always ask a vendor, how would you prepare this? Or do you have any suggestions about how I could use this particular vegetable or fruit or whatnot? And they're really willing to help. So uh, get out there and Farmers markets are about to be opening within the next couple of weeks. Gosh, I'm I'm really excited for um, St. Paul Farmers Market as well as all, many of the others um, in the different neighborhoods. And in the upcoming weeks, I'll talk about more of uh, the farmers markets, um, ones in your specific area, ones in the east side. Um, you know that you know again focus on the community. So I'm looking forward to that. And I hope that in the upcoming weeks that you all stick around and continue to listen um, so that I could share that information with you. Uh, I wanted to also, you know, talk about, you know, these are just a few things uh, that are happening, if you would, in our area. And it's just one or two that I'll mention. But specifically in the next month is when the United States and maybe some other cultures <laughs> um, celebrate or recognize Cinco de Mayo uh, the 5th of May uh, but in that general in the general area of Cesar Chavez um, in the west side of St. Paul the Mexican influence of cuisine is so strong uh, there. It, it's one place where I feel that I, I really need to move into the area or to the neighborhood and just engross myself even more so in the culture. Um, but if you are not familiar uh, with the area, there is a new 
Mexican sports bar that's going to be opening up. Now, uh, we'll just talk about when, you know, the different types of foods, you know, that's going to be there, which is really just standard. But the ad, the place is called La Costa Mexican Sports Bar. And again, it's West St. Paul. Uh, and it's the uh, they are actually going to be finally opening. Their address is one nine four Caesar Chavez um, Street. That's in St. Paul. Uh, and it's they describe it as being a very airy space, um, a place where you'd be able to hang out. You know, there's, it has a garage door or the door actually is a garage door that opens up to the street. You know, the menu is made up of classic Mexican fare, uh, tacos, enchiladas, um, you know, and (laughs) this is an interesting point about them. (laughs) They have a 120 ounce steak. (laughs) I know that seems really strange, but um, that sounds tempting to find out or to go to. Uh, So, yeah, keep that in mind. You know, they're going they are going to be opening uh, very soon. Um, So down in uh, West St. Paul, these are just a few places that are going to be opening up uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks or a few months. Um, So give you an opportunity to find someplace new within the within your neighborhood or community. I talked about this place um, sometime, probably about a couple of weeks ago, but it's Middle Eastern. um, Let's see. Zaid and Zatar, mom and pop um, Palestinian place in St. Paul. Uh, and they are at 1626 Selby Avenue uh, in St. Paul. Uh, we, they are going to, you know, I don't remember on the, well, I know, not that I don't remember. I know that this was not actually. Um, something that was on the menu that you know I mentioned, uh, but it was rice macaroni, <laughs> chickpeas, lentils. Well, the rice macar- well, rice macaroni, chickpeas, lentils. It's a variety of Palestinian dishes that are going to be available, uh, and it's described again as being a shawarma restaurant. Uh, so, you know. Again, a new place that we're going to be is going to be within the St. Paul area. Some place that you might consider uh, going to. What has what have you all been eating out there? You know, is there anyone that has an interesting, I would say, recipe that they want to share? Um, feel free to give the radio station a call. I'll be more than happy to discuss that with you on the air. Our telephone number here, you know, to contact the Ambuji Foodie is 651-200-3479. Again, that's 651-200-3479. And again, keep in mind that if there's a restaurant or maybe a recipe uh, or maybe just a point uh, or comment that you'd like to make on one of the topics or subjects that I'm talking about, and that's on any week. Not just today, but anytime. Um, feel free to give us a call. You know, we're here taking calls. Uh, or if you'd like, you could always visit our Facebook page uh, at the Ambuji Foodie. 
and leave a message or a comment. Uh, you know how I like to post food. So <laughs> my biggest thing is taking pictures and posting of certain <laughs> places that I've gone to. Uh, and, you know, this that's no different, you know, going to Twitter uh, or to Instagram. Instagram specifically is the underscore Ambuji Foodie. And then if you are also on Twitter, you can also see some of the postings and my muses <laughs> regarding food at Unbougie Foodie. But again, uh, you have that opportunity certainly to contact uh, myself, the radio station, uh, and share your special recipe or a special place that you would like to, you know, others to know in the community. I, you know, I talk so much about uh, meat and I guess red meat and just, uh, I suppose you're probably thinking, gosh, you don't even really talk about anything uh, that might be towards our vegan friends. well, there was an article that I wanted to share, um, and it was, it's actually in, I think it was on Pinterest, if I recall correctly, um, but seven vegan-friendly places to eat in the Twin Cities, um, and so I'll just, you know, run down a few of those, and even I was actually quite surprised as well um, on some of them, because I was like, okay, I didn't know about that place, but, you know, most places that you go to, if there will be a vegan portion on their their menu. So, you know, the first one, and this one is located in the uptown portion of Minneapolis, um, Common Roots Cafe. Uh, they serve food that's made from scratch, that's locally grown, and uh, all the ingredients are organic. Uh, great dishes. Um, again, Common Roots you know, uptown. You know, so if you're in you know the uptown area and you're wondering, okay, what other area? Well, you probably already know, but other friends in the area, hey, you may want to find, you know, some place that you don't really have to, that, you, that will concentrate really on something vegan. So, you know, hey, there is a place or places I won't be talking about it, but at the address specifically for Common Roots is 2558 Lindell Avenue South. Again, that's Minneapolis. Uh, and they've got, you know, we're not going to talk about all everything that's on the menu, but, you know, they have a, a diff, number of different places, or excuse me, a number of different items that are available um, specifically for vegan. Uh, you... You know, a number of their, for instance, like a breakfast burrito, and you're thinking, okay, well, breakfast burrito will have, you know, some type of food or, oh, excuse me, food, sorry, some type of meat. <laughs> no. Um, but all of these, the number of these items that they have on their menu, you can make their request to have it vegan. Um, so, they have, again, as I mentioned, the breakfast burrito. They have a sweet potato hash. 
uh, a farmer's breakfast. Um, so those are just a few things, but you know, definitely go and check it out. Um, you know, for um, uh, common roots. The next one is Ginger Hop. Ginger Hop is located in Minneapolis. Uh, great atmosphere. Uh, I love the food that's there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great date spot too. So those that might have an idea or would like an idea of where to take their significant other, there's you know uh, you know Ginger Hop is a great place. Um, there. Vegan options on the menu. They're clearly marked, you know, so you don't really never have to ask. Um, I know that there is a friend that, well, I know that we've met uh, for dinner. Uh, and we had, he didn't, I did not realize that he was more vegan or vegetarian, I should say. There are levels to that, just so you are aware. And maybe we'll talk about that on another subject or another day. But clearly there are those that are strictly the levels of I will not ingest certain types of foods. And those are the different levels of vegetarian, vegan, so on and so forth. Um, And I didn't realize that he was... um, vegetarian but uh it it was nice to go to some place and not have to worry about looking or asking the servers you know do you think like you get this in a a vegan option or vegetarian option um because clearly they have it marked Uh, but ginger hop um is located at 201 east hennepin avenue Uh, again that's in minneapolis um their hours, and I apologize, I didn't give the hours for Common Roots, but the hours for Ginger Hop are Monday through Saturday, uh, 11 a.m. to 1 a.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., uh, and they also do have a brunch, weekend brunch, uh, most likely starting at, uh, well, starting at 10, <laughs> uh, Saturdays at 11 until 2 p.m., so you could also go there for brunch and enjoy Uh, a good vegan meal another one is wholesome cafe wholesome cafe i've not been to wholesome cafe but um it was one of the ones that um i heard a friend mention um it's located in the lynnhurst uh, uh neighborhood of minneapolis and from what was told to me and what uh, the information from uh, researchers had done on Pinterest too is that it focuses really heavily on healthy choices Uh, the menu includes juices, smoothies smoothie bowls um, salads, quinoa bowls so on and so forth Uh, gosh they are located at they do not have an address (laughs) that's funny what Uh, that seems kind of weird yeah I haven't been able to 
Well, you know, they have a food truck. Yeah, I'm not finding an address for them, folks. <laughs> but <laughs> they have a food truck. So if you want to follow them on uh, at Wholesome uh, Kitchen, and I'll spell that because they do spell it um, very differently. So that's at Hold H, excuse me, W H O L E S U M Kitchen. So Wholesome Kitchen. Um, you'll be able to find out where they are. Uh, they post. Uh, their uh, food truck locations, you know, through their Twitter. So certainly, uh, you know, especially if you are trying to enjoy a really cool and healthy uh, way of eating your food, especially when they're concentrating on the healthy options that are available, um, definitely follow them on Twitter and find out where they're going to be. Uh, The next one uh, that I want to mention and like I said, you can find this information also on Pinterest as well. Um, I won't be covering all of them, but to give you an idea of what some of these places are in your, in your neighborhood, um, there is, oh, sorry, there is, uh, it's agriculture, uh, agriculture, um, they are, how do I describe them? Because I love the food. Uh, you know, the food is being prepared right there in front of you. I literally could just <laughs> sit and watch them prepare food. The smells and the aromas that are just wafting throughout this whole entire place. It's really, it's really cool. I, I gotta say, um, especially when they're doing like Brussels sprouts or, uh, I think a garlic Brussels or Brussels sprouts with garlic and uh, the olive oil and balsamic vinegar and then the smell that's I have this affinity as you all know already uh, to Brussels sprouts <laughs> so I enjoy when they're preparing it uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing they they really are uh, a, a company that's um, they're passionate about eating clean and real food, uh, and so it's not you know we, we're talking about vegan vegan friendly I should say um, places, um, and you clearly have a, a number of options that are available. You could actually go there and pick your own. Um, so it's not ones that are. And some of them are, I should say, pre, not pre-prepared. What's the word I'm looking for? They are uh, pre-designed, if you would, uh, to as a as a dish or as uh, you know as a, a specific meal. But you can actually go there and, if you would, pick and choose certain items of protein, you know, your vegetable and so on, um, and have them make that dish for you. So they're they're a great um, company, and they're located the number of locations. Um, the one that I was familiar with was twenty nine thirty nine Gerard Avenue South. Um, and again, that's Minneapolis. Um, again, we're talking about just places around in the Twin Cities. So it's a variety of places. Um, they are open Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday, uh, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, you can go online. 
uh, at uh, Uptown Store at um, uh, agriculture.com. Um, you order for delivery for them. Um, you could also see their uh, menu online as well. Um, conveniently, if you are ever at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, they're also located within the the uh, museum or in the Art Institute. And the Art Institute is at 2400 3rd Avenue South. Um, Monday through Friday, the mezzanine restaurant um, area is closed, but Saturday and Sunday, um, they're available um, 11 a.m. to 2.30. And then you know, throughout the week, it varies on the times that they are available. Um, it's a great hangout spot if you want to you know, enjoy time with friends or enjoy some art and then have a great lunch. Um, definitely visit uh, uh, agriculture in the Minneapolis Institute of Art or the MIA as it's more commonly known as um, it has free Wi-Fi too <laughs> so you could go there and, and really just kind of like sit and relax and enjoy yourself okay so I, those are about three um, different ones that I've mentioned and again this is uh, you know seven vegan for, uh, friendly places to eat in the Twin Cities um, you know, Pinterest, you could find it on Pinterest. Uh, and it, you know, it was an article that came out, uh, this year, April 3rd, um, to, well, this year, this month, uh, April 3rd, uh, 2017. So never underestimate the power of research through <laughs> Pinterest or even, well, we all know Google, but Pinterest offers so much, uh, many different options recipes places to go within uh, your neighborhood so check it out uh, again seven vegan friendly places to eat in the twin cities there are so many other topics that uh, it that they cover or that uh, pinterest has available in reference to food uh, food culture um, so you know i'll also be doing research and give, bringing that to you as well so never fear never fear My next topic that I actually want to try to mention is one. I know that you know, I skipped from talking about ramen, uh, you know, some, you know, farmers markets a little bit, um, the vegan places, but you know, I liked. I I don't eat red meat a lot. I do eat more chicken and fish and yes, I do have pork in my <laughs> repertoire. Um, but red meat, of course, is also something that um, is enjoyed every now and then. But uh, I think and I I'm, please anyone that's interested can certainly um, call in and we'd be more I'd be more than happy to discuss uh, or hear your opinions or comments on how you feel about red meat. You know, some are so concerned about um, red meat and how much is too much or what type of diseases or health issues can be uh, brought about by ingesting red meat. You know, some folks worry about heart disease, cancer, stroke, you know, diabetes, and so on and so forth. And that is not indeed to take away any 
uh, from the concerns of that at all. But keep in mind that red meat can actually be a nutrient rich addition to any type of diet. Um, again, things done in moderation, um, you know, can you could still enjoy them. Um, you may not have them very often, but every now and then to have it um, you know, can assist with either digestion or getting more vitamin D. Um, it's just so many different options um, of red meat cuts that can be helpful <laughs> or can be healthy, if you would. Um, there was uh, a chairman of nutrition at Tufts University um, that mentioned you know, specifically that that uh, you know it it's rich in nutrients. Um, it, processed meats, cured meats, the deli meats, and salami six, whatever they can definitely raise your you know the risk of stroke and heart disease. But when your meat is unprocessed, um, so really a really great steak. Um, some chops or maybe a whole cut that, you know, it, they're not, you know, some folks might say that red meat is, <laughs> is the devil. <laughs> it's not the, it's not the villain that you make it out to be. Again, if things are done in moderation, um, they can be of benefit to you. Uh, even some cuts um, of fatty cuts um, can be of uh you know, aren't necessarily bad for you as well. Uh, that same doctor, Dr. Mazafarian, mentioned that, you know, the more research that he's done, a more saturated fat seems to be neutral. It's neither good nor bad for the heart. Um, but, uh, you know, some are asking the question, well, what's the link between red meat and cancer? Well, uh, it's what mostly has that occurring is because meat is being processed or gets to the point of being processed or overly processed um, under processed meat or meats um, that really contain uh, you know that are not been processed to the level that will cause any type of um, issues health wise to you those are great in iron and zinc um, you know they provide B vitamins um, and some healthy fatty ish uh, acids that are needed for the body um so you know in the article it goes on to talk about um six different types of of cuts that you might consider some of them are more common especially and i bring this up too because you know even though it's spring um some yeah i've seen in within the community I know it's a little rainy right now today, but we've in the past, what, past week, there have been some friends, past, well, past couple of weeks, I'll say, be a little bit more open with that. Uh, some friends have already started grilling. I think what we had a day that was like 60 degrees or seven, nearly 70 degrees. Oh, yeah, they broke out the grill and certainly were, hey, we're putting some steaks on, some chicken and whatnot. Anyway. As we go into spring and, you know, looking forward to summer, um, these are some ideas that you might actually use or cuts of meat that you could actually try that, again, unprocessed, coming, you know, from the butcher. Uh, I love going to a great butcher, so maybe that needs to be a, <laughs> a subject that I talk about. And I know a few friends that might have ideas of great butchers in the area. So 
you know if you have any ideas on those let me know we can make that a subject <laughs> more to talk about and especially in our community where you know uh, we like to grill we like to do things so let me get to these six cuts the first one it's a ribeye uh, it the ribeye is like an all-american steak um, a little bit more fatty uh, and it you don't need a lot of uh, spices or anything really to enhance this meat it has almost its own flavor um, the simply put they're saying that salt and pepper basically are really the only spices that you would need um, you could have it with it they're great as an addition to uh, sweet potatoes or um, uh, greens uh, like collard greens mustard greens um, even my favorite Brussels sprouts uh, or uh, green beans so that's just an option that's option one for ribeye there's the flank a flat iron steak uh, it's one that they say that your butcher keeps uh, it keep, it's from the shoulder of the in this case the cow and it has an amazing flavor uh, wow I it's I love the fatty portions because those are the areas of any type of red meat that help add to the flavor uh, and depending upon how you're preparing it if you're grilling it it helps seal in those added flavors and works its way into the actual meaty portions of the cuts of steak and the flat iron steak is is just that um, those fatty portions they go throughout the uh, that whole entire throughout the whole portion or whole cut of the meat so that those flavorful pieces are are all entwined in there <laughs> but it's good it's a good uh, source of protein and just every bite is a really great taste so next one this next one don't be scared don't be scared but beef heart when it's clean properly beef heart can be quite delicious now we're talking on you know i'm talking in the community of maybe someone is not really familiar or they're thinking really he's talking about beef heart uh how could he <laughs> uh that's gross no it can be if you're not careful if and you overcook it it can be gamey but it's important that you have cleaned it very well i some might say that it's a delicacy i'm not going to say that you know i am saying that no 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 uh, but depending upon how it is prepared uh cutting it up cubing it um putting on a skewer then brushing it with some sauce um you know or marinade it, marinating it overnight and then grilling it um <laughs> it, you could have a wonderful experience and I've experienced it before because my father has done it. Um, just at a time when, you know, 
<laughs> was something that was available and he was trying to do something different. Um, and, yeah, he didn't really tell us, but that's fine. The same thing the way he did with with um, beef tongue or lengua. But it was prepared so well that you never really know. But you knew that based on the flavor that was in your, you know, that as you were tasting it, there's something different about this beef. Not exactly sure, but it was really good. Uh, but again, like I said, don't be scared. <laughs> I know that that sounds like, wow, why would you suggest beef heart? Again, another uh, cut or another piece um, from the cow if you would that uh, offers really great protein and those fatty portions of it as long as it's as in again stressing that it's clean properly and uh, that it's unprocessed so getting it straight from the butcher and knowing hey uh, I'd have to go to one that really is just really good butcher (laughs) and say hey can you save the beef heart for me on to the next one, which is the sirloin flap. Uh, and just like how it's suggested, it is the uh, flap of the muscle that's covering the sirloin area. Um, so it's going to be rich in fat, but it can be tough um, if you like overly cook it. So you know there are certain you may want to research in different ways um, on how to cook it, but um, it's suggested that you uh, you sear it. Uh, and then do it medium rare. That's something that you still have to be stepped back from because some folks are like, I'm not seeing, I don't want to see any pink. I want it to be all the way done. Some meats, you don't want that to be overly cooked because then it becomes really tough and difficult. You're not going to have a really great, uh, that's not going to be turning into a really great dish for you. If you are chewing on this like it's beef jerky, you don't want that. Um, but a suggestion what it can be served with sauteed mushrooms or maybe even within a curry. Which, gosh, I got to get to um, my recipe that I did most recently. So that was the sirloin flat. Two more. Stick with me. Sirloin top. Uh, that is just below the tenderloin. Um, it's lean, very uh, succulent, very flavorful cut. Um, oftentimes, it's used in tacos or for um, burritos because it, you know, when you cut it or when you're biting into it, um, you don't have you won't have any problem of oh my goodness, I I'm struggling with this this piece of meat. But it's lean too, so you could eat it with other fatty uh, items to help balance out the flavor and other fats that they're suggesting are sour cream and and avocado which i'm not exactly too sure about the avocado part sour cream maybe you know that's where the taco and the you know burritos come into play or maybe some nachos yeah i'm thinking of all the different bad foods right now (laughs) the last one is the tri-tip tri-tip this is one that coming from if the West Coast, people talk about tri-tip like crazy. And, you know, I don't really hear that so much from the Midwest or 
yeah, in other places that I've gone to, I've gone to Chicago, I've had really great steak or steaks um, here in Minneapolis uh, and also in St. Paul, really great steaks. Never made that much about tri-tip, but hey, uh, it is one of the ones that they suggest that you should try. And I am going to, again, support that. And this is the last one. Again, tri-tip, uh, it's great. It's uh, sliced from the bottom portion of the sorghum, so it also is going to be rich. It's going to be tender. Um, it's great with cold salads. If you've never had a steak salad, you know specifically, you know, it, tri-tip is what is often the uh, steak or cut of choice when it's a, a salad is being that type of salad is being offered or prepared. Um, but cold salads. Um, great in a Caesar salad uh, you could grill it uh, really low uh, it's best to grill it low and slow so it keeps that moisture and uh, the flavor and the tenderness um, and what did they say I think you've probably seen on maybe places like Food Network or maybe on YouTube cutting against the grain cutting against the grain so you really do have to pay attention to how you are, how you're about to cut your meat, because you want to cut against the grain, uh, retaining those flavors, um, juices. Uh, I don't know what else it actually does uh, regarding that, but I know that there are some butcher friends out there that really know about that more than than I. I don't grill a lot. Is, I'm not mad at that. It's just I don't grill a lot. I live in an apartment, <laughs> so I can't really grill. <laughs> not right now. But anyway, uh, so those are again, beef is not bad for you. Red meat is not bad for you. There are so many different cuts that are available. Um, talk to your butcher. Uh, you know, make get familiar with your butcher and. You know, along with, you know, the different types of cuts that are available, you know, they could also suggest uh, other areas or uh, other cuts that might be of interest or more popular. You never know. Um, the last subject, if you would, I, well, two, actually, gosh, I can't forget about that. Uh some friends and I went to a, a pop-up. If I, I, you recall, last week I talked about uh, Black Dog Cafe. Uh, they are would be having a pop-up um, in, you know, they're located in the lower town um, portion of St. Paul. And if you're wondering where they're located, 308 Prince Street. Um, they're open from 7 a.m., to 11 p.m. Great time, great time. Breakfast. Anyway, last week I went with two friends and we had uh, a wonderful experience. It was a, a pop-up. It was um, Chef Joshua Wilkins. Um, so shout out to um, Chef Wilkins. Um, thank you so much for and thank Black Dog Cafe for hosting it. And then having um chef wilkins come in and you know he's from new orleans or has a background in in new orleans cuisine and he really kind of 
gave us a treat because the dishes that were prepared, I mean, you could see it on the face of my Facebook page um, at the Unbuji Foodie. Um, the menu itself um, talked about the different courses that were going to be available. Um, there was fried green tomatoes, which was, again, a romulade sauce uh, with a shrimp boil. So there was a romulade sauce plus uh, the fried green tomato on um, a uh, laid or layered over that, uh, and then the shrimp that was already, um, you know, if you would say seasoned or within the shrimp boil. So it was presented, as you can see on my Facebook page, very beautifully. Uh, simple appetizer to start off with as the first course. Um, the next, gosh, uh, you really had to be there. So look for these different types of pop-up dinners and so forth um, in the local area. Um, they're, they're really exciting to go to and really enjoyable um, when you when the chef comes out or when they're explaining each one of these dishes um, because uh, you get to appreciate the dish even more. Um, the second course on this uh, pop-up dinner was the comfy chicken legs um, with dirty rice, um, braised greens and a bourbon gastrique. That bourbon gastrique uh, was delicious. You're probably thinking bourbon. That's more alcohol. But when you, as with any alcohol or alcohol beverage, alcohol, I should say, bourbon, whiskey, you know, whichever, when you are preparing that or cooking that and placing it, you know, for food, you're using temperatures that are going to burn off any type of real alcohol. Um, you may still have taste that and know that, oh, wow, this is it has kind of like maybe a whiskey taste or a, bur a bourbon or uh, some type of. You know that there is an enhanced uh, flavor to whatever the meat is uh, or used as a garnish or just as a drizzle over uh, whatever um, uh, is being prepared. Um, this was added a sweet um but hearty or earthy type of uh, extra flavor to the dish itself. But it was spread. You could see that it was spread um, like a half moon um, on the plate uh, with the dirty rice, uh, which was really great. Gosh, um, it, it was it was much different than uh, definitely different than Popeye's. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not knocking Popeye's. <laughs> Because I will go there and have, well, yeah, I will go there and have theirs, but yeah, preferably the red beans and rice. But that's another story. Um, and then the braised greens. The braised greens were cooked really well. And I'm glad that my friend that had gone, friends that had gone with me, one of them had not had greens before or shied away from it. But then was really happy that he tasted it and said that they were really great. So... I'm glad that he was able to experience that. Lastly, um, was you know what they refer to as a sweet course or the dessert. Um, it was a strawberry handmade a strawberry hand pie. At first, when you look at it, you're thinking, "Oh gosh, this looks like a, a little empanada." <laughs> it's a strawberry hand pie. <laughs> Don't get confused. <laughs> um, but uh, just. Uh, flaky dough and tasty fresh strawberry layered on top and then of course uh, you know whipped cream homemade whipped cream it wasn't something that was you know I'm sorry I love cool whip 
because of the convenience and everything uh this was handmade this was house made delicious um there's also a featured cocktail as you can see on the menu as well if you visit the facebook page but still uh the fact that the food was delicious yes um so again i thank uh black dog cafe i appreciate that so much um want to give you a shout out and say thank you and also uh chef wilkins uh for um coming back and gracing us with um the talents and you know because i know at one point he was at black dog cafe and has gone on to other culinary adventures um still within the twin cities area so uh, again thank you very much for that so that was my experience there the last one which gosh i I really need i want to make time to tell you all about this because you know i told uh, mentioned that a friend at work co-worker too um she has a, a small farm uh and quail eggs quail chicken ducks I'm all about the earthiness and everything. And I loved every portion of our conversation when she's talking about the different types of foods and things that, you know, she, well, items of produce and, and that she's able to provide to her community and friends and so forth. Anyway, more specifically, her quail eggs. She offered me, um, you know, a dozen quail eggs, which I was like, I I had an idea. I was going to do a, a Loatian dish, and then at the last minute, because I was just feeling for pork belly, <laughs> I went and you know got a pork belly from Lowry Hill Meats, because um, that's over where by where I work. Um, so shout out to Lowry Hill Meats. You know, they're located on Hennepin. Thank you all so much. Um, they were able to provide me with a really nice cut of pork belly so i took as you could see uh, i roasted that pork belly learned a new process and roasting that but um coming up with the seasoning and having that there's a layer of crispiness that is on the top layer of that pork belly that i've learned to do um and that's with salt sugar oregano nutmeg yes nutmeg uh, and, um, oh, yeah, just those. And then I, um, and then, oh, I'm sorry, pepper. I apologize. Uh, ground pepper. So I ground that into a, a, a fine powder, if you will, with my, uh, mortar. Uh, and then there's a process that needs to be done, especially with, you know, pork belly. You know, you want to prepare it. You want to dry it, you know, pat it dry, put it in the back of the refrigerator, um, you know, and then the next day, well, I had to find a shortened version to do that. So definitely have to pat it dry, season the top of it, um, and then put it in the the oven at 350 degrees for about 30 to 45 minutes, uh, making sure that I had a pan underneath it. Um, to help with the moisture so it wasn't covered or anything it was still open but there was a pan you know like a cookie sheet with water that was in there (laughs) and it helped keep the moisture in but then at the same time that heat started to caramelize the top of that uh, pork belly when that was done I I cut it up 
uh, in cube pieces. You know, meanwhile, while that was cooking, I was doing the uh, mushrooms and sauteing onions, um, boiling the quail eggs. Uh, and then when the pork belly was done, which was still about another after the th- um, doing it or baking it at uh, 350 degrees, I had to continue to uh, uh, kind of scrape off the top because you don't want that extra salt and so on. But you went off and took that top layer off and then, of course, you know, put it back in the oven for, what, another 45 minutes at 425 degrees until it was just this crispiness and the cut and the juiciness and just juices were flowing from it. It was perfect. Um, But I'm going to put the recipe on my Facebook page. I mean, the pictures are there, but as you could see, the final presentation was this wonderful dish on white rice uh, with the quail eggs and the curry and the mushrooms and definitely the pork belly. It was certainly something that I would love to prepare for my other friends, um, hopefully in the very near future. I'm going to have to get some more quail eggs, that's for sure, because those were delicious. Just have to have them to understand what... Gosh, wow, where did the time go? (laughs) Thank you all so much. I appreciate you, uh, all of my listeners, those that are listening on the TuneIn app that are streaming the show live. I truly appreciate uh, you joining us today and every week at Saturday at 10 a.m. to listen uh, to the Unbuji Foodie. Um, Again, appreciate the fact that uh, you have tuned in. And as I end every show, I'd like to say... Never let anyone tell you what type of food you to be because truly it is all about the food. Until next time, peace. <laughs>